Anything that's human is mentionable, and anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. When we talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. Fred Rogers. I'm Blakely Thomas Aguilar, and this is Pop Culture Tech, an original podcast brought to you by VMware. I'm just going to come out and say it. I struggle with depression and self-image and have for my entire life. There are good days, there are bad days, then there are rock bottom days. But thanks to my family, friends, and therapists, I've learned how to get through it and ultimately take control of my life experience. The pandemic, however, has tested that resolve and pushed me to the very limit. I know I'm not alone. Data from the World Health Organization shows that the COVID-19 crisis has affected mental health services in 93% of countries. Regardless of age, location, income, family situation, we're all, in one way or another, struggling with feelings of isolation, loneliness, fear, grief, stress, anxiety, and sadness. So I'm hoping that this episode of our Pop Culture Tech podcast will give you hope and shine light on how digital innovation is helping connect us with each other, with caregivers and wellness experts, as we continue through this incredibly difficult period in human history. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Starting with Dr. Joe Grasso, clinical psychologist and senior director of workforce mental health at Lyra. There has never been a time in our history where mental health has been so prominent as part of the collective conversation as it is now. I I think that there is fortunately some silver lining to come from COVID-19 in the form of destigmatizing mental health struggle. Everyone can relate from the past year and a half, everyone can relate to the experience of feeling isolated or lonely or overwhelmed or worried or anxious about everything that's uncertain in the world. And so that's made the conversation around mental health pretty much unavoidable. It's in the media, it's at work, it's happening in our homes. And along the way, people in really prominent positions of power, whether that's celebrities or politicians or athletes are speaking up and saying, hey, yeah, I struggle too. And that really helps give the rest of us a sense of permission to speak up about mental health because if, if people who seem to have all of the success in the world, you know, high levels of prominence in their profession, if they're struggling, then yeah, it would make sense that I'm struggling too without all of the advantages that they have. Of course, I'm gonna struggle. And so you know, we see this in the workplace with mental health being more of a focal point for leadership. Uh, Leadership is more willing to speak up and say, hey, we just want to acknowledge the fact that we're living through really hard times. That can take a toll on mental health. If you're experiencing emotional distress, we encourage you to use 
your mental health benefit. And the most powerful testimonials come from leaders who speak up and say, I've used this benefit. I find it valuable because I also struggle. And that really shifts a, a work culture. It, it tells everyone in the workforce, any of us might struggle, but all of us should consider mental health support from a professional. Our company offers this benefit, leaders use this benefit, Destigmatizing mental health is incredibly vital to helping people get the care they need. But overcoming social stigmas is one part of the equation. It's also about reducing the financial and physical boundaries to accessing care. The main problems that people face in trying to get into mental health care, usually one of two things. There are what we call the structural barriers. That means I don't know how to find a provider. I don't have the financial means to access a provider. I can't find a provider for my specific need because I have a need that's more uh, specialized than what a traditional generalist mental health provider can, can give me. So those are kind of the structural barriers, meaning there's some kind of uh, structural problem that's getting in the way. But then there are also attitudinal barriers, which means my own beliefs about mental health can get in the way. This, this is what stigma refers to. When we have negative attitudes about having a mental health concern, mental health treatment, these misconceptions of what treatment entails because of movies that we've watched or TV shows that we've seen or books that we've read that depict therapy as um, you know, a, a venting session or detailing my dreams or spending hours just talking about my childhood or depictions of people who don't look like me or who don't have problems that look like mine. So we start to believe that therapy isn't for me. It's not going to be effective. It's not going to be tailored to my needs. It's for people with really severe issues, not for people with my more day-to-day -day stressors. And so both of those things can keep people from getting the care that they need, the wrong attitudes or the lack of structural ability to access care. And so at, at Lyra, we try to combat both things. We make care really easy to access by partnering with your employer to make it free, to make it confidential, to match you to a subset of providers based on your specific needs and to ensure that those providers are available so you're not playing a game of phone tag, that they take your coverage so that you don't have to worry about the cost and that they're specially trained to deal with your issue so that the care feels individualized. Since the COVID-19 pandemic spread across the world, technology innovation has been invaluable for helping us buy groceries, attend school, connect with family, and so much more. And like virtual doctor's visits, digital innovation is also transforming the mental health care industry. Lyra was founded in recognition of just how hard it is to get into care and also how technology might help to solve for that. So Lyra leverages technology not to replace the human to human connection. That will always be the foundation for good care but we make it easier to get connected to a therapist to start that human to human relationship 
using technology. So we have a platform that uses machine learning to match you to a subset of providers that are the best possible fit for you. And so that means you know, providers who are specially trained to deal with the issue that you're describing. So when someone comes to Lyra, we give them this questionnaire and it asks you about your symptoms, what your goals are, what recovery or improvement would look like for you. The things that you care about the most in solving or improving upon in your life. And based on that information, we use our machine learning algorithm to find you providers who are best tailored to your needs and who are also high quality, they're available in your area. And then we offer you an option. We say, hey, you could meet with this provider virtually if that's what's most convenient for you or that's what's frankly safest for you given the COVID-19 era. Or you can meet with our providers in person if you really value that in-person experience. And so I think what Lyra's trying to do is enhance the care experience with technology, but not replace the care experience with technology. We're giving people options that include technology to make it easier to meet with a provider and get connected with the provider. But you know, really wanting, we're really wanting to emphasize that at no point will Lyra replace that human relationship. It's using technology to support that, not to replace it. Now, let's switch gears and expand our conversation to include well-being and emotional health. Scott Krenz shocked the tech industry in 2009 when he stepped down as CEO of Juniper Networks. And in 2010, he and his wife Joni started the 1440 Foundation, followed by the 1440 Multiversity Retreat Center in 2017. Their vision is creating hope for living well, aligning with organizations, thought leaders, foundations, and individuals who have a similar commitment to the greater good of humanity. Lately, I've come to an understanding about that that I didn't have at the time, this question of helping others and being of service. And in my opinion, it's woven together with the need to do that which is important to you as well. And there's great beauty in being of service to others. But the thing that I have learned for myself that has become true is that in service to others, it will be best done by also doing that which one is passionate about themselves. And for both Joni and I, each in our own way, this feeling that there are things in life that matter more than the external. And in my case, much of this question was really brought front and center well before 1440, back uh, in 2004 when I lost my father. And it just created this question of what matters. And I don't profess the answer to that today, but I think it resides more coming from the inside of us than the outside. And so what's become more and more compelling to me to try and understand is what's going on inside of me, the real inside, not the inside that looks like the outside that I try and put together for everybody else to see, but the real, real inside. And so 1440 and the idea of being present 
and truly self-aware and vulnerable and open is something I believe is of value to everyone. And it's also a passion of mine to try and have the courage to get deeper into that. And so it, it's really connected. I think that the passions that I'll say I have or that we have about the work here are, are extensions of that which we care a great deal about in our own lives. Connecting your passion with your life's work is an incredibly important step on the journey. But inspirational thoughts or motivational speeches only get us so far. The thing we try and support here at 1440 is a really practical question. How do you do that? It's a lovely thing to say, but how do you do that? And then how do you do that? And how do you do that? And just keep drilling into how you do it and then try and hold space for a container here at the multiversity. So how do we make that a more real practical experience and not just a concept or a thought experiment, but a real felt experience with others in a container that is intentional? Then even if you have the most powerful experience here over the course of a day or a two day or a week long program, then how do you carry it into the world? Some of the leadership work that we do here, we teach a program called True North, and it's built around several, we call them leadership circles. They're cohorts within the class of usually six people, six or seven people. And those six or seven person cohort circles share deep, intimate things. And then they stay connected, some of them for now two and three years, connected with each other. And, and investing in the energy of supporting each other in the life journey and being a place to come and, and, ha and have a trusted circle that you can ask for help from and support. And so it's much more than just a concept. It has to be felt and it has to be an experience and it has to be shared and it has to be maintained. And we're very aspirational, but we're very practical about how to make that as possible as we can. Since Scott still has one toe in the technology pool as Juniper's chairman of the board, I couldn't help but ask his thoughts on how technology's role has changed in the past few years, both the universal digital experience and the way they deliver their mission at 1440. We've certainly become, relatively speaking, video conferencing experts, as we all have had to be, and it's created an ability to be much more connected when we're not in person than I think we've ever been. And I'm sure that's true in various ways for everyone. But what I think has happened with the necessary elevation of technology, and Sachin Adela said this a while back, he said, we probably advanced the cause of digital infrastructure by a decade or more in the space of the years that we've become now dependent on it. I think what has happened as a result of technology's impact on all of us during this time of relative isolation is it's improved the ability to have basic communications take place in a way that we used to have to gather to do. And now I think we can accomplish a whole lot of what I'd call basic exchange with a laptop and an internet connection, even including obviously digital face-to-face -face communications. 
But what I also think it's done is it's exposed the difference between that and what it means to share in-person energy. And when we do, don't waste it, but use it to actually get further along faster, whether that further is deeper or however it manifests, depending on the type of relationship we're talking about. But I think that the digital technology has created a more reliable way to have a basic connection with one another. And that's also highlighted the difference between that and what a richer, deeper connection could possibly be. And I think what we miss when you talk about gathering for a cup of coffee with your team is not to sit there and have a basic surface conversation. It's to actually feed on one another's energy and have a deeper, more meaningful conversation. And my hope and our intention in the work that we do here is to be very deliberate about going into deeper conversation that matters more than just how are you doing? Fine. How are you? Good. What are we doing today? You know, I can do that on a video call, but in person, I want to get a lot more out of it. And I think many of us do. There still are so many people who are suffering in silence. And there's still this stigma attached to mental health, which we've got to completely obliterate. Prince William, Duke of Wales. I'm Blakely Thomas Aguilar, and this is Pop Culture Tech. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. And special thanks to Dr. Joe Grasso of Lyra Health and Scott Krenz of the 1440 Foundation. Our podcast is brought to you by VMware, the software that powers the world's complex digital infrastructure. Learn more at VMware.com. Have questions about today's episode? Follow me at Blakely Ags and use hashtag PopCultureTech. Until next time, be well.